Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I wonder, have you ever thought of yourself as an athlete? Maybe a previous sporting achievement? Pathfinders and Spectrum, maybe on sports day? Maybe an egg and spoon race or a team medal? I think I always got a participation medal rather than anything uh, serious. Maybe you're striving to be an athlete. With New Year's uh, here, uh, with resolutions to be more active, go to the gym. Maybe couch to 5K, getting involved in a team. My moment of feeling like an athlete was surprisingly during lockdown. I was still at university in Southampton, studying sports coaching and development. Uh, and they limited your exercise just once a day. We can all remember that dark time. Uh, but now, as a sports student, you can probably imagine this was agony for me. All I wanted to do was go out and play sports. But I, and so my housemate, Howard, and myself came up with a great solution, or what we thought was a great solution, uh, to train and to run a half marathon. I'm not sure what we were thinking, probably going crazy being in the same house together, uh, probably uh, bored and just wanting to get out. And so we set out researching and training eating lots of protein and pasta for weeks on end. Finally, after what seemed like forever, the day arrived for us to run the half marathon. It was a cold winter's morning, the 1st of December. Despite the initial shock of the cold, actually the weather was perfect to keep us cool as we ran round. However, it hit halfway round at 11k, and I was done. Despite all of my training, despite weeks on end, I was done. My body was exhausted, and at that moment, I was very thankful that Howard was right next to me, and he encouraged us to keep going, look how far we had gone, to carry on and endure to the end. And when we got to the end, we were met with cheers from our friends as we collapsed in a heap. We celebrated with champagne, and spent the next few days with our feet up. All our hard work had paid off. Well, whether you thought of yourself as an athlete, or want nothing to do with sport at all, in our passage, we see as Christians we are called to run the race of endurance. Run the race of endurance that is set before us. Now, don't panic at this stage. This, of course, is not of the physical race. You don't have to be into sport to be a Christian. You don't have to be running around your nearby streets. A Christian life is described as a, as a race. You see, there are many parallels between the two. Both require attention and effort. Both require self-denial and perseverance. And both have clearly defined finish lines that we strive for. And the finish line for the Christians, 
for Christians is eternal life with God. Now, unlike an athletic competition, the race is not a short sprint over in seconds, minutes, or hours. The race for the Christian life lasts a lifetime. So the need for endurance in this race is key. We need endurance to keep trusting in Jesus, even when life gets tough. When things don't go our way, when we're facing persecution for what we believe, or suffering and facing a hard time. And we can attest it's not easy to run this race. It's not easy to live as a Christian. We face many challenges in our lives that might tempt us away, might tempt us to stop running this race, to stop living by faith in Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews is talking to a group of Christians who is facing persecutions, persecutions for trusting in Jesus alone. So he writes to these Christians, reminding them that Jesus is superior to all things, to all other things that the world would want to draw them to. We see it the whole way through Hebrews, from chapter 1 and 2 to the angels, superior, superior to Moses in 3 and 4, superior to the priests in 5 and 7, and superior to sacrifices in 8 to 10. And the challenge for them was to remain faithful to Jesus, to not turn to other things. So the main message of this passage, if there's one thing that you take away, one thing that you hear this morning, let us run the race of endurance set before us. Run the race of endurance. It seems fitting as we enter the new year, as we look ahead, for a long year ahead, and what comes with it, quite a lot of mixed emotions. Some may be super excited for the new year ahead, already setting up resolutions, starting off the year right, to read more, be more active, less time on screens, more regular devotions. Whatever it is, we usually start quite strong, don't we? We usually start with our aims quite high. But quite often, we usually end up compromising on one or two. We usually have a cheat day here, or I'll do it tomorrow. Of those resolutions... Statistics show that after one week, only 75% are still running, are still going. The decline keeps on going, and after six months, only 46% keep it going. Now, I say this uh, not to demoralize you, not to, to deter you from setting resolutions, but to realize that, that actually perseverance is hard. It's hard to endure. For some of you, the new year is hard. More of the same struggles that you faced last year, of the same pain, and you're wondering how you keep going. You wonder how you can carry on. Well, however you're feeling this year, as Christians, we are called to run the race of endurance. And in these verses, the writer of Hebrews helpfully tells us how we can keep going, how we can keep running this race. And we see we can run the race of endurance, firstly, by laying aside every weight and sin. Uh, verse 1 reads, Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance a race that is set before us. Do you see from verse 1, as we run the race of endurance, we are called to lay aside every weight and sin. Now this may feel like quite a daunting task. You're not quite sure how to do it. Well, we have a great encouragement in that we have a model of people who have done it before. A model of people who have run the race of endurance, who have lived by faith. We see, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those who have finished the race and continued through persecutions, trusting in God's promises. Now, these verses in chapter 12 carry on from chapter 11, unsurprisingly. 11 goes 12. That makes sense. Uh, Where there's a list of people from the Old Testament, people who have gone before and lived by faith, from Abraham, Moses, and Rahab, just to name a few. And we see God's faithfulness to those who trust in him. This must surely be an encouragement to us, as they can testify that running the race is worth it. They can inspire us, and so follow in their footsteps, and prepare us to run the race and live by faith. Now, as Howard and I prepared to take on this task of a half marathon, we had to do a lot of research because none of us had run that distance before. So we looked to those who had done it before, looked to the professionals, looked to people to guide us, to give us hints and tips. And looking to others for guidance is quite a normal thing in society. At work, when we don't know what we're doing, which I feel like happens to me quite a lot, uh, we ask those around us with more experience, mainly bothering Nick while he tries to work. Sorry. Or maybe at home, we ask our parents for advice. Or with a modern age, looking up YouTube videos of how to do things when we're not sure. In faith, it is no different. And we have so many people to help us and guide us running this race. And it'd be foolish in seeing the model of how to live by faith to turn and try and do it our own way. And what do they do? Well, since we have so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Now, there's a distinction between weight and sin. Weight is that which hinders us. Now, as a runner, you want to be as light as possible. You don't want any excessive weight that will slow you down. So, as you start the journey, if I had this big rucksack on, what would be helpful for me to do as I start this race? Well, it would be to take it off. I could probably still run around, but it would make it so much harder. But how much easier would it be to run around without this rucksack on, without this heavy weight hindering me? It'd be like trying to communicate without using words. I struggle with words as well, so both are hard for me. Uh, Trying to dig for treasure without a treasure map. 
trying to fish without a fishing line. All these tasks are possible, but getting to the goal is a lot harder. And in the same way, we are to lay aside every weight and sin which hinders us as Christians to help us run this race. Now, Gary finds it hard uh, to do devotions and pray, but for at least an hour a day, scrolls through social media. Lay aside every weight. And lay aside every sin which clings closely. As we strive to live for God, to run this race, we must lay aside every sin. Now, this isn't easy. Sin can cling so closely to us. The root of it is found in our heart, in our attitude. In what we think, in what we say, and what we do. Now, Penny often finds herself envious and jealous of what others have. A nice car or house that work colleagues have just bought or envious of friends around her all getting married, envious of other people at church being so talented in music, in teaching or getting to know others, they must lay aside our sin. We must lay aside our sin. Whatever it may be for you, lay aside every weight and sin as we run this race. I say this not to condemn you, not to make you feel guilty, but to encourage you to keep running this race. To encourage you to keep living by faith in what Jesus has done. So run this race of endurance by laying aside every weight and sin. And secondly, by looking to Jesus. If, we carry, if you look down at the second part of verse 1, and let us run this with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The way we run this race of endurance is by looking to Jesus as our founder and perfecter of faith. Through Jesus, we have salvation, saving from all the sin saving from a punishment we deserve. And what does it mean to look to Jesus? To look to him means relying on him. To zero our gaze on him alone. Jesus is our encouragement in the race that we run, the Christian life that we live. He is our example and our help. As an example, he is our forerunner who has gone before us. He is setting out the route for us to run. He is our navigator. He has lived faithfully in this world. Trusting the Father and yielding to his will. He has left us an example that we might follow in his steps. Now one day a man hired an experienced guide to lead him on a hike into the Swiss Alps. After many hours, they came to a high and remote mountain pass. To a man's dismay, the route before him 
had been washed out. What could he do? To the left was a sheer rock cliff. And to the right, a precipice that dropped nearly a thousand feet to the valley floor. Looking down, he felt a bit bit weary, starting to be a bit faint. And his knees beginning to buckle. At that moment, his guide shouted, Do not look down, or you are a dead man. Keep your eyes on me. Where I put my feet, put yours as well. The man hesitantly and cautiously stepped one foot in front of the other, following the guide, and soon he passed from danger to safety. And in the same way, we must keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Just as the man had to watch the guide, we need to do the same with Jesus. And why should we do this? It's for what he has done. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is the pathfinder, the trailblazer for our faith. It's continuing what he said earlier in Hebrews 2. Jesus came to this world for our salvation. In order, in 2 verse 10, it says, so that he may bring many sons to glory. Jesus came to this world, bore all the suffering and death, being the founder of our salvation, which was being made perfect in his suffering, so that those who run by faith who run this race, will have eternal life with God. And if we're looking to Christ, following in his footsteps, and we see his path is marked with suffering, so we should be expectant when trials and suffering come our way. We read, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Christ suffered to bring many sons to glory. Jesus was able to bear the shame of the cross. It was of little consequence compared to the surpassing joy of bringing many sons to glory being seated at the right hand of the throne of God for eternity, where his work is complete. For he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And the significance of him being seated lies in the Old Testament where the priests would offer sacrifices to pay for the punishment of the people's sins. But they had to keep on going back, keep on atoning for the people's sin, as it would never fully be satisfied. The need for keep, to keep coming back. But you see, Christ, Christ dying on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, the sacrifice is complete, the punishment for our sins is dealt with for those who trust in him. So he is seated at the right hand the throne of God. When you're seated, you know that the work is complete. Now as a family, 
On Saturdays would be our day of chores or morning of chores. Uh, we would have to clean our rooms and straighten up the house. Uh, if weather permitting, we'd do some gardening. And the common phrase that my parents would use was, we can rest when the work is done. We can sit down and relax and enjoy our day once all your jobs are done. Now, for me, it'd be quite quick, but for my sisters, they'd like to spend the whole day doing it. But once jobs were done, we could sit down and relax. Christ's work is complete, and he is seated at the right hand of God. So as we run this race of endurance, living by faith, look to Jesus. It can be hard with a new year, with so much to get done, and the busyness of life catching up with us, catching up with work after holidays, school and homework starting again. It's hard to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. When you're struggling at work, look to Jesus. When you're being picked on at school for what you believe, look to Jesus. When it's a cold, wet, and gloomy Thursday, look to Jesus. When you're feeling the weight of a world, look to Jesus. When sin overwhelms you, look to Jesus. As we close, do you think of yourself as an athlete? As a Christian, you are. However we feel, facing this next year ahead, let us run a race of endurance, laying aside every weight and sin, and looking to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us as we run this race, as we look to live by faith, would we look to you uh, for all things. Amen.